I'm on the track. You know how we do it, man. My boy, CDP, CDP, no. Hey, you. Come on, and then we're gonna have a lot, lot, lot of college, 
calling in. Uh, yesterday, wow, I'm saying it was good football. Not so good ball. Uh, with me personally, I don't like watching blowouts. I don't either. And the one thing that I'm going to talk about is not the Alabama game. We're going to talk about some other things. I'm going to say this. I have to say this. For all these fans that are Notre Dame bandwagon fans, simple as this. Two people commit the same foul on that touchdown play. Two people. Great call. Gutsy call that the referee even called it. Mm-hmm. But it was the right call. Yeah, I, I agree with that because of the fact that that was almost like a basketball play. It was almost like he was setting a screen with, with you know, the way he was coming in like that. The way the way to get away with that in football, you had to have your hands up mm-hmm. and, and kind of play, you know, play like a dummy. Play like a dummy. But you know, but before we go further, we can't go in terms of the game other than Scott Smith of Streetlight Recruiting. We're gonna welcome him to the show. How you doing tonight, Scott? I'm great, Terrence. How you doing, man? We're doing good. Uh, we have Jermaine Studio with us tonight. So is is so far as me and Jermaine, we we'll be talking about uh, the game from last night, the epic game that I know that you are very disappointed in, and, and we are too because we wanted to see Florida State lose because we are Auburn fans, and we're still kind of bitter about that national championship game. I know you feel even worse today. Well, you know, here's here's the thing, man. I'll be honest. Last night I was highly disappointed because I think even Florida State fans, to a man, will admit Notre Dame was the better team. Um, you know, playing at their place, you know, I feel like Notre, I feel like we outplayed them. Um, with that said, though, the thing you have to look at with this day and age, we have a four-team playoff, and the goal for every team that wants to win a championship is to get in that playoff. Well, with that right. said, I think it's pretty clear that Florida State should run the table with their schedule. As long as Florida State runs the table, after everybody saw Notre Dame outplay them, Notre Dame runs the table, they'll get in. So I kind of feel like, you know, today I feel optimistic about it because I feel like if we play them on a neutral field, they know and we know last night who the better team was. So I kind of feel, I feel as long as we can get in that four-team playoff, you know, so the loss last night is very disappointing. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's very disappointing. But, again, I think that our chances of getting in the 14 playoff improved because going into last night, everybody was questioning, is Notre Dame really good? After, you know, two years ago, Alabama killed them. How good is Notre Dame? I think everybody knows now Notre Dame's good, real good. So, you know, all we got to do is win out, which is not going to be easy. You know, we still got to go to Arizona State. I've still got to go to USC, and those are not two easy trips. But, I, you know, again, I feel optimistic today. Last night I was ready to walk out in front of a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. we got we got to keep it at least with this season. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you on a lot of what you're saying, and the numbers do back it up. Whereas Notre Dame ran 87 plays, Florida State only ran 57 plays. So, I mean, your numbers back to everything that you're saying. And Golson actually outplayed Jameis Winston. I mean, I can, I can say that with, with unabated breath. Yeah, and I thought Golson, you know, Golson is he's the key to what we do because I'll be honest with you guys. We're, I feel like we're a year away. Uh, our, roster, our roster next year will return 21 of the 22 starters that started last night. 
Um, and with, with that being said, we have a lot of guys with, with that experience. And Golson, you know, he's pretty much the key to holding it together, and he, he did a great job. Yeah, he is, and uh, I agree with Jermaine as well. Uh, North Sudan pretty much controlled, controlled the whole game. And Florida State just caught momentum toward the end, of course. And then that pass interference call, uh, it, it's toss-up. You know, you got like he's on a, a basketball pick. But they could have easily let that go by that being, you know, close to the end of the game because you never want referees to determine the outcome at the end of the game. That's my opinion. But that made, that call was made. I was disappointed. And if, like you said, if Florida State went out, which they probably will because they got a pressure cupcake the rest of the way, and North Sudan probably went out. I think USC would probably get him a battle. Mm-hmm. I think North Sudan still has a, a great chance of making it because everybody's talking about the SC West people coming out of there. But we're going to beat each other up. And somebody might lose again, we lose again. Uh, Ole Miss, but Mr. State get a first. So that's going to give us another chance to look for them. And then. But the, I, I would watch out for Michigan State, though, because they hang in there. Like, they don't let bit in school that, that probably will get into. Michigan really well. Today. And the other team I want to step forward and talk about is They lost last night, yesterday. And it wasn't a bad loss in regards to who they lost to. They lost to a really, really good West Virginia squad with Clint Trickett, former Florida State quarterback, at the hill. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I'll tell you, my thoughts on Baylor are that they are a top-five team when they're at home. I don't think they're a very good team on the road. So, therefore, you know, forget the loss last night. I don't think they're a top-four team. When it comes down to the end of the year, you've got to ask yourself on a neutral field, who are the four best teams in the country? And you've got to consider schedule. With that being said, Baylor's, they don't play a very tough schedule, and they're not going to be very effective on a neutral field. Since Florida proved that last year in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, I, I just don't see how Baylor could compete with any of the other teams you can think of as possible, you know, playoff contenders. And Baylor still got some big names on big schools on their schedule coming up in November and December. So, of course, what you're saying is exactly right. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm not, I hadn't looked at Baylor's schedule, but I'm wondering, do they play Kansas State at Kansas State or is that at Baylor? I'm thinking that that Kansas State game and Baylor is at Baylor this year. Okay. Yeah, well, more than likely that will end it for Kansas State because Baylor's pretty good at home now. They're, they're pretty pretty rough pretty rough to handle in that, in that new stadium of theirs. Yeah, I agree. I was kind of disappointed that they lost. Uh, I, I kind of followed them. I, I like I like what they have or browse bring bring it to them. But I I can see them being Kansas State at home. Like you said, they they pretty invincible playing at home. So uh, I hope Baylor can end up pulling it out. But right now, Kansas State looking pretty good. And you know you know I got to brag about my team. You know we beat Kansas State at their home, so that I think that that victory right there gives gives us a lot more strength as well. Because you know Kansas State beat Oklahoma yesterday, right? And so our strength of schedule is going to go up. So that give us a, a chance. Hey, to, absolutely. To hang, I said when you, when you guys went up there and won at Manhattan, that was a good win. A lot of people didn't understand how good a win that was. That that's a good football team, and they, and they're continuing to show that. You know, they're they're consistent, and they're a tight team where they're 
they can beat you at home, away. They're, they're a solid overall team, and that's what I like about Kansas State's program. Um, and that was a very good win, very good win. And, you know, going back to your, going back to your point, Terrence, about the Auburn-K-State game, that was a game on a Thursday night in the Little Apple, 55,000 people strong. Yeah. One of the best games I had seen up until last night. And speaking of the Baylor schedule, that run in in the month of November, aside from Kansas, you know, you they go to Oklahoma, they play Oklahoma State at home, they have Texas Tech at home, then they end December sixth with Kansas State. So I can see them winning winning all these games and I can also see them losing at least one of these games, maybe two of these games. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, and here's my thing. Here, my thing is Oklahoma was 55 and two in their last 57 home games coming in yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. I would be willing to bet they're not going to lose two home games in the same season. <laughs> that, that's you know, so I would say I would say that's going to be a handful for Baylor right there. Yeah, and uh, Baylor does play Kansas State uh, at their place on December the 6th. So that's going to be the same day with all the other uh, conference championship games that's going to be going on. So th- that that could be, hey, that could be the de facto Big 12 championship, championship game. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's, that's true. That's true. What, now, he, here's the one that you need to look out for that I think is it, it's flying a little under the radar yesterday because of all the big games. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, TCU beat a very good Oklahoma State team like a drum yesterday, yeah. 42 to nine, if I'm not mistaken. That TCU loss to Baylor, if you go back and you review the fourth quarter, the three touchdowns that Baylor scored to bring it back when they were down when they were down 20 points, were absolute perfect throws by Bryce Pitty. I don't think he could make those throws again. If you, if you look at the tape, those guys were perfect from 30 yards out, all three of them, and he made perfect throws. In other words, if you put, put a gun to my head and say, who's going to win the Big 12, I think it's going to be TCU because they can win on the road, they can win at home. They can win high scoring. They can win low scoring. They got they got an all around good team, and I think they would beat Baylor eight out of ten times. You know that's just my opinion. And I, and I agree with you on that because I was talking to I was talking to one of my friends last week about this particular game, and we both said the first one to seventy is going to win this game because of the way they can throw the ball, the way they can run the ball. Also, McLean Stadium, that new stadium, just beautiful. And that that atmosphere there is what you're at for. Yeah, I I agree as well. I agree. Um, we're gonna keep moving on here. Well, we want to talk about where does New England go to go from here? Um, do you, I guess we're in agreement that they're probably end up winning out. Uh, Scott, what is your take on it? Because I know you follow them uh, more closely than we do. You see Notre Dame? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you know, my take on it, I'm going to be honest with you. I think we, I think Notre Dame has a shot to win out, but I don't think it's as a lock as everybody thinks because, again, this is a team with zero senior starters. I mean, zero, okay? So you're gonna, they're going to have a game like the North Carolina where they don't show up because that's what happens with young kids when you don't have any experience really in, in the entire lineup. I really worry about at Arizona State. That's a team. That's a team. They they beat a good Stanford team last night by double digits, and it wasn't ever competitive. I mean, it was I think it was twenty six to ten, 
But they scored they scored almost thirty points on the best defense in the country. I said Stanford's got the best defense I've seen. Now, and, and I hadn't seen every team in the country, but Stanford's defense is rough. Um, and, and Arizona State scored twenty six. They're they're now six and one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and their one loss coming to UCLA when they had a backup quarterback playing. I'm worried about that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm more worried about Arizona State than I am at USC. Those are the two games left that Notre Dame has. And then Louisville, who's a little underrated right now. I think Louisville's 4-2, and two, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we play Louisville at home. So, Notre Dame does not have an easy schedule to, to remain. Um, if they win at Arizona State, I think they win out. But, that's, that's hey, that's a toss-up to me. I think that's similar to Auburn's going to Kansas State. A lot of people underrated them. I think, you know, a lot of people underrate mm-hmm. Arizona State. That's a tough place to play. You know, and Arizona State's got a very tough schedule also leading into leading into the Pac-12 championship game also. Um, they have a really good Utah team in a couple of weeks. But this coming weekend, they have a really good Washington team who lost by 25 to Oregon last week. So, I mean, that could go either way. Mm-hmm. You can lose those, those next three games. Yeah, I, I agree as well. Uh, but uh, I just want to commend them on, on the performance that they did against last night. Uh, Arizona State is, is one of those teams you, you can't put a stock into them because you know they're gonna you gonna they're gonna get three losses or four losses a year. But right now they're doing pretty good. You know if they can keep the moment going toward November eighth with the showdown in Notre that's gonna be a pretty good matchup. But like you're saying. You know, Washington is very underrated, even though they did take a, a loss yesterday to Oregon. And then Utah, you, you know, you, you know what Utah can do to you. Utah so. beat UCLA last week. So, exactly. I mean, and, you know, another thing about about Arizona State, Todd Graham's got it going there. He's recruiting well, especially in state. And I love the way that he brings in that talent from Southern California also. So, I mean, he's going to be great. Absolutely, and also, also let me throw out, throw out right there. They, they've also got a uh, Chambers County Valley High Ram alumni, Ericio Florence, at linebacker. So uh, let's let's throw him out, throw 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 El Florence a shout out uh, okay. from over here and over here in the south. Yeah, yeah. I, so I kind of pull for Arizona State a little bit when they're not playing Notre Dame because uh, El's a good guy and a great player. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely give a shout out to him. Uh, he, he he's he doing doing some things out there in Arizona State. And uh, I hope Arizona State can continue to shock the world over there in the Pac-12. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're yeah, going Pac-12, to the Pac-12 is tough. The Pac-12 is tough. You guys mentioned Utah. That's uh, they are kind of another team that, that people are just now checking out. They're six and one, and I, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, they shouldn't have lost their one game they lost. So that Pac-12 is pretty good. I mean, the SEC is the best conference, but the Pac-12 is uh, easily the second best in my opinion. Oh, yes, no doubt. We're going to take a quick station break, and we'll be back in 30 seconds. From Chi-Town to the Ville, Nap-Town to the Natty, Hype is where it's at for music and news. From hip-hop to Hollywood. Attention Attention listeners. Log on to thehypemagazine.com for the hottest hip-hop and urban magazine you've ever seen. Get the 411 on the world of entertainment, new releases, and more. more. Just log on to thehypemagazine.com. In stores now at 7-Eleven, Kmart, Target, Barnes & Noble, Marsh, Chicken Save, as well as all mobile devices. Hype, how you perceive everything. Welcome back to the Live by Terrence show. We are talking college football right now. We're, this whole show is dedicated to all things football. Uh, we have Scott Smith from Streetlight Recruiting on as well, and we have a special in-studio guest, 
Mr. Maine. Uh, let's talk about Jameis Winston. Uh, there's been reports that he is going to declare for the 2015 NFL draft. Um, amidst of all the allegations about signing autographs and taking money and everything, you know, I know um, after they won a national championship, his dad, and including himself, was saying that they was going to play at least three years at Florida State. But now, with all the pressure coming from the admins at Florida State and all these different allegations, he is deciding to come out early. Uh, what is your take on that, Scott? Uh, I think uh, I think it's a good decision for him. I think that you know, and, and people, you know, I think you go you got to go instance by instance. A couple of those instances were more serious than others, but you know, when, when you when you bring it all about Florida State. For every positive bit of, of uh, you know publicity they've gotten from Jameis, they've gotten uh, twice as much negative publicity as a university nationally. I think Florida State is ready for him to leave, and I think he, in turn, is ready to quit hearing about this stuff. And the way you quit hearing about it is to turn pro, and then you start hearing about more about your, what you do on the field. Um, so I, I think it's a good move for both parties. I mean, he's a terrific player. I mean, a great player. I, 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 my comments about Jameis is almost the exact same ones I made about Johnny Menzel. Great on the field. He can, he, can, he can find the wrong places off the field on occasion. But on the field, he's a terrific player, and I think it's a good move for both both parties, the university and Jameis. And I would agree with that. And also, after this season, after this baseball season, he is draft eligible as a baseball player also. So I think that's probably playing a lot more into it than than the allegations itself. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, but I, I don't think he would go first round because of all the that's above him right now. And, you know, the GMs, they kind of want to steer away from that because the NFL has received a lot this season with, you know, domestic violence. And, you know, even though uh, James Wilson was acquitted of charges, he still got that lingering on from the university. So I think all that going on and, you know, him standing on top of the table, which I know he's just 20 years old. You know, we're out with 20, and we, we did some stupid stuff too. But it's the, him to the, the go to the net level to play in the NFL, I think they're going to kind of back out on the round. I can definitely see him in the high second round. Well, I you know, he, 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 Sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, I would agree with what Terry's saying, but I don't think that he's like one of those "quote unquote" top ten or lottery type picks. You know, as of right now, I think that if he would have saved the third year, I think that he would have been all out number one draft pick. But again, the character issue that you have with him, the all the all the administrative issues that he has, I just I can see him going early first round. I can see him going late first round. Maybe second day, no. But I, I just I like that. Just can't see him in those first ten picks. Well, I, I believe I believe he'll be a well, first round I, pick. I, I the, yeah, I was just saying I believe he'll be a first round Are pick. In, in the reason, yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Yeah, yeah, the reason I believe he'd be a first-round pick is this. There's 32 NFL teams. Only one of them have to fall in love mm-hmm. with you to, 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 for you to be a first-round pick. And if you look back at Johnny Manziel, everybody said, okay, Manziel did fall some, but he's five foot eleven and still went in the first round. Uh, Javis Winston is six foot five. 
he is a pocket passer who has mobility, who has never lost a game as a starting quarterback. What he's done off the field is irrelevant. When it comes down to it, an NFL team, they're in the business of winning. That's their business is to win football games. And somebody is going to have quarterback problems enough. We, we should know as Bears fans, we should know how quarterback problems uh, quarterback problems can, can can basically determine whether or not you win or lose every single every single Sunday. Um, so to me, I, I mean, there's no doubt to me he'll go in the first round. I would say top 15. The first team it gets to the first team it gets to him that basically has a hole at quarterback. I'll give you an example: Tampa Bay. That they wouldn't care what he's done. They would take yeah. him right now, as we sit here. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. It only takes one, and then once rumors get around that that one team does like you, people will try to, you know, force their way up to get them rather than waiting. But yeah, I, I would just my personal opinion on, you know, with with everything going on, because teams now don't want want all that kind of distraction going on. I'm not saying that way sure. once you become pro or whatever, but. But, yeah, that, I mean that distraction is a huge I, negative. I but you know, without without that distraction, uh-huh. he'd be the first overall pick. So I think he's a, he's probably a bargain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the one that I worry about is him turning into a Marcus Claret type type player. His character falls cat with, and he can't find a guy anywhere even though he's done everything he can do. Well, the reason for it. <laughs> I hope he don't fall. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's an extreme, but you know, that's the extreme. But mm-hmm. um, I hope that he doesn't fall into that kind of category. If I say, yeah, I hope not. I wish him the best, and I, I think is a new part of media and Skype part of the media, some sort. And I just wish that like the ESPN outlets would just kind of get off because you know when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, we're gonna make boneheaded mistakes. We all have done that at age, but now with so much social media and 24-hour news and Instagram, world star, and everything else going on, you really can't just be a normal 20, 20 year old anymore because especially up and, 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 and the microscope is on you especially. So you kinda have to be careful on what you do everything. You never know who, who's there to um capture that moment and tweet it at everybody because basically that's why the hand was in the cafeteria right on top of the table and, and yelled out that famous phrase that you know people doing on the news and stuff running behind the the, the reporter and everything. So they happened to capture that and, and, and be on Twitter and tweet it out to everybody. So, you know, 20 years ago, you probably have done that and got away with it. Now you just had to be so careful because, you know, it don't take much for you to get on Twitter, somebody to pick up on it, and, all, you know, you got it tweeted out to everybody, and you got everybody in USA Today to to ESPN picking up on it. So um, I, I just hope James Winston can just, just kind of just lay the rest of this between now and May when the, when the 2015 draft comes up. Drafts being Chicago Scott. I'm so excited about that. I just hope he just low. Yeah, I saw they were moving to Chicago. I was pretty excited about that too. That'll be uh, Windy City deserved to, deserved to get something big like New York gets, and I was glad they moved it. You know, I'm I'm serious. Thank you. 
take it with which then my wife will go to Chicago and, and go to the NFL draft. So that was nice. If, if you want to go and, and Jermaine, Jermaine is, a, is also a bear and a cook. Yeah, you know, he's so. a Chicago boy. I'm a boy too. It, it, it'll be hey, nice that, that sounds great. And it's, it's a good thing about being a Bears fan and a Notre Dame fan. They're 45 minutes apart, so I can drop by God's country while I'm in, while I'm in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll drop, let you drop by there because I'm not a North State. <laughs> you know, I'm just, like, I, but I, I'm talking about the dumbest of of, of Alabama over Texas A&M yesterday. Man. I mean, I'm telling you, man, that was like it was a mess, man. That was that wasn't even fair. wasn't fair at all for Alabama to just dominate like that from 59 to zero. But now everybody's back on the bandwagon. And Alabama's the team to beat. They even moved from Auburn in the AP poll. Now they are not for AP and so before in the coach poll. And I just wonder what's your thoughts about Alabama? And are they really back from that three yesterday? I mean, I think Alabama is really good at home, and I think they're just okay on the road. And that's what you get when you have a first-year quarterback um, and, and a first-year coordinator. Uh, but but well, I will say this. I'll give Alabama credit on this. Stopping A&M's <laughs> passing game, because that, that scheme is designed, and the air raid system originally Mike Leach created it, and he's got tons of guys all over the country running it now. It's good designed to get 300, 400 yards. It doesn't matter really what you do. They held him, I believe it was to 184 passing yards yesterday. It's zero points. That's amazing. Now, Texas A&M, here's the thing about Texas A&M. I want to call Bama fans to, to kind of uh, pump the brakes a little bit. Texas A&M is not very good. They were ranked in the top 25, and that was a joke. I mean, coming into, this, coming into the Alabama game, they were ranked 23rd. And if you look at their schedule, they beat who? South Carolina. Who has proven to be not very good. Okay, so who else did they play? They played two teams that were top 25 teams, and Ole Miss and uh, Mississippi State and um, and was it Mississippi State and Ole Miss, yes. And they lost by double digits to both of them. wasn't even competitive at home with the biggest biggest crowd to ever watch a football game in the state of Texas against against Ole, against Ole Miss. They wasn't even competitive. They got beat by double digits. So I think Alabama's really good. I, I think they're really good. I don't know whether they're better than Auburn. But Texas A&M is pretty bad. I mean, as in, as in, I know they're nowhere near a top twenty-five team. Yeah, I agree. I think they got a lot of hype from winning South Carolina, and you know that being the first stage game of the season, everybody just just because of the fact we college football that, and then that being in front of you know what the TV room was that game. By being first being behind them. See, they have three straight now, and so they, they probably going to finish eight and four, maybe seven and five. It has been took of them. Well, last year they finished in four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's not, let's not get off the A&M bandwagon. Yeah. I think there's not a lot of football to play. He's a great quarterback. South Lake Girl guy. Seen him play in high school. Great, but I think we're still in this spot a little too early. And, you know, 513 yards passing the first game of the season, you know, that kind of gets you in that bandwagon for trouble, if you think about it. Overhyped, no too early. 
Yeah, I, I I think he probably caught some of that that Johnny football fever. You know, caught Kenny Trib mm-hmm. after the first game, and then even Bundy, yeah. the legendary rapper of UGK, he came yeah. on and said, "Man, you know what? You can't call yourself Kenny Trib yet because it's just one game." And they, you know, they started off good. They started, you know, they, they won won a few games in a row, and they start facing the beef of the SEC schedule. And now he probably gonna humble himself, and maybe he can come back and 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 perform. Not at five yard level. That's you know that's yeah, lighting the ball there, but just probably a hundred game, three hundred yard game here, there, a couple touchdowns. Uh, but yeah, he, he he has a long way to go. And but I do feel that Texas and them probably finish seven and five or looking it could possibly six and six. That's what I'm leaning to six and six. I, I, I'm leaning on that six and six bandwagon right now. I mean, uh, and and I'm all about the Texas and them game, especially next year if it decides to come to Texas and early as been. Rumor, uh, Kyler Murray, the Allen quarterback, um, is just like Johnny Manziel. Fat and Johnny Manziel got a better arm than Johnny Manziel. The only thing that that everybody's really wondering about Kyler Murray is, is will he go first overall in the draft, or will he go to an play quarterback? Yeah, in baseball, yeah, I've heard that he was going to be a top ten pick for sure. That's what, I I'd read that somewhere. So usually those baseball contracts are so big you can't turn them down. I know that's right because I won't turn one. <laughs> I go play if I just bomb out in the minor leagues. I'm like, hey, coach, uh, I would have got some football for uh, two or three years. <laughs> See, you can yeah, you can always go back and you can always go back and get football. Exactly, exactly. Just like Winky. I mean, we can go back to Chris Winky. We can go back to um, Josh Booty. Um, Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon from Oklahoma State. He used to fish the Yankees. So, uh, there's been a couple of those guys. The thing about Brandon, and, and, you know, I will jump into the pro, to the pro right now. I think he got a bad rap because he he was 28 coming out of Oklahoma State, and he only threw the one the one receiver was which was Justin Black. So I mean he really he gets up behind ball when he went to Cleveland. That's true. I mean I, I think yeah. Weeden, see here's the it's the same about Weeden and Winky. If you look at it, both of them were drafted er, earlier than than actually their physical projections say they should have been. Um, and because both of them, everybody said, well, they're 28 years old, 29 years old, they should be able to play early. Your age has nothing to do with how quickly you can adapt to the speed of an NFL defense. Whether you're 23 or whether you're 28, you're mentally going to adapt at the same speed. And, you know, so I think hopefully the NFL's figured that out now that, that they figured out Whedon couldn't start as a rookie and neither could Winky. It's really, you know, it, it has nothing to do with if you're, if you're 30 or if you're 23, it doesn't matter. I would definitely agree with that. Definitely. We're going to take a quick station. When we come back, we're going to have more football with Scott, Jermaine, and T-Rex. Home on the side. You on the drive. We rolling those two guys like roller coaster rides. Alabama mama. Alabama crazy. Alabama daddy. Alabama baby. I'm so 
Tuscaloosa, touching down, touch down, holding the crystal ball, clutching crown dynasty. Bellbrand's ghost steady reminded me our defense dominant, plus offensive line of beast, running back, safeties and cornerbacks. We on attack, road tide, 200 interceptions, 100 sacks, elephants are super intelligent. But if ever push, we'll don't want eagles and gators if they are edible. Sports in a highlight, they say are incredible. Look up at the scoreboard, if they we ahead of you, road tide. You should just pledge it too, Crimson Tide Nation, that is who we reppin' to. I'm so Alabama, I'm so Alabama, I'm so Alabama, I'm so Alabama, ayy. Roll Tide, Roll Tide, Roll Tide, Roll Tide. Rounds ain't coming back, no time for games, I got a plane to catch I don't want the ring if it ain't meant, I'm trying to make this love thing work Next minute I be thinking got a curb, just got nerve trying to play me for a bird I don't want this, you can keep that purse, you can keep that whip, you can have that You'll never find another 10 caramel skin with the right pen Pounce with the hype man, so stop hype like it's still the first night, damn Then, then that you hit it About a hundred times from the room to the kitchen Like one more round when I used to do the dishes You was all up in the night, you, you wanna exit Cause y'all know I give her no flow So mama, if you keep the trouble Then you gon' have me sing Flow, flow
Welcome back to the Live by Ten. I am T. We're here with Jermaine. Uh, that was, was a young man with I'm So Alabama. Actually, he'll be calling in. I know he's gloating about that, that victory over Texas A&M. And also, that was Trina. Forget love. Trina will be a future guest of the Live by Ten. Tonight is all about football. And it's no better. It's not any better people to talk about than Jermaine and also Scott Smith. He is the Jerry Maguire of high school recruiting. You definitely got to check him out. You can find him on Twitter. I will get the information. I can give you the information on Welcome Scott Smith at the show. Yes, sir. I'm enjoying this football conversation tonight. There's nothing like talking football, no matter what day it is. 24/7, seven days a week. That's, that's what I like. <laughs> All right. I'm glad that you are a contributor to uh, to the show. Uh, definitely, definitely got some stuff for you to give to you. Some uh, promotional items. Uh, also, if you have anything for street lighting, uh, street light recruiting that you want to give to us, we'll be glad. And we're, we're always promoting you and everything. We think I love you. And it's a blessing to have you to call in on Sundays because I know you have a business schedule. You are a, a great father, and I know you have your weekends allocated also during the week with, with your child as well. So thank you so much, Scott, for taking the time to call in. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate you asking me to do it, Terrence. And uh, you guys do it. You do a great job putting on this show. And, uh, I, yeah, I'll definitely – I'd love to get some – Promotional items from you, and I and I got some stuff I can pass back your way. So we we need to get together on that. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Now we want to talk about the Mississippi burning because <laughs> they 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 burning through college football right now. You got Mississippi State at the top. You got Ole Miss hovering around the top three, four, depending on what poll you want to look at. Uh, which right now they're number three on both polls. Uh, what what is your, <laughs> Zip State? Do you see them on the table? And also, do you see Ole Miss kind of running the table up until the Ed Bowl? Because th- that would be the, the last undefeated matchup of the year if if that what uh, what happened. Uh, so, what, what's your thoughts on um, Mississippi State and Ole I mean, Miss? To be honest with you, I, you know, and I've been late to the bandwagon because I'm one of these people. I, I believe that. Um, I believe you, you can look back at history, and history can tell you a lot about the future, you know, similar to how people look at the stock market. I, you know, Mississippi State and Ole Miss typically, whether they get hot or not, they usually fall off. I do think Ole Miss has a chance to stick around this year, uh, you know, as far as a, a one-year in, in the running type deal. Uh, Mississippi State, I really have a lot of respect for Dan Mullen. I think I believe that uh, Dak Prescott has done. He has been terrific. I think they have average talent on the defensive side of the football specifically in the secondary, and I think they're below average on the offensive line and at wide receiver. Um, at some point in time, they're going to have to go on the road, or, or you know, they're, they're going to have to, other than LSU, which the thing is when people say, well, they won at LSU. How good is LSU? I mean, let's just let's look at LSU this year, and let's play that out, because they're not normal LSU. This is not Death Valley, you're going to get killed LSU. This is an average LSU team. Right. With that said, I think Mississippi State's going to fall off. I think Ole Miss has a chance to stick around. In other, I guess I'm, I would predict that 
Ole Miss goes to the goes to the uh, college football playoff, and Mississippi State ends up losing two or three games. Oh yeah, definitely. We have caller. I want to West call in. He's been so many times for it, and he has brought me out to the show. I want to welcome Young Jay to the show. How are you doing tonight, sir? Are you on, Johnny? Okay, I, I guess he's not there, but he is tuned in. He is on the switchboard. Yanjay, if you're listening, press the one on your keypad, but we can continue on. Um, yeah, I'm going to go history on the, on the Mississippi State Ole Miss ordeal there. What, what, what's your thought? Well, I'll say that last time that both teams were actually good and actually had something to play for, it was 1999. So, both teams, they possibly could win out. You know, Oaks has LSU this week. Um, you know, Mississippi State has Kentucky. I mean, so, I mean, it's, yeah, at, at the most. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just, you just don't know. We, we really don't know. It's, I mean, because I, what, I, what I really want is, when is Ole Miss going to hit that wall? Right. When are they going to self-destruct? Which Cody Pruitt is going to show the real Cody Pruitt, you know? Very good point. Yeah, yeah that's what I've been waiting yeah. for, too. Yeah, some saying, well, we really because they've never been in that kind of limelight before. Even if State has has been three top five teams, you know, in a row or whatever. So that that's how the North actually the first team to put in the eight people. But we, we just don't know. We don't know. I'm just going to good feeling. I don't think that Mississippi State always will be in playoffs. Right now, you know, your projections or whatever. Yeah, they probably will be one of one or even both, depending on the air bowl goes. Same argument that they had last year with the Iron Bowl with uh, Auburn versus Alabama. People was expecting, hey, you know, it's a possibility it can be an Iron Bowl national championship game because of the fact how close the games was. With the playoff system now in, in the place, that could happen. You know, if, if they had a game where you know, they both undefeated going to the game and uh, – one of the teams lose three points. That's the possibility that you could have both teams in the playoffs. And we had to look at that, but I don't undefeated going into to the end of the year. I, I, I would and the reason why I say that is because Kentucky is bringing up easily. They should have beat for this year. Um, they got trapped last night by LSU, and this is a good Kentucky team.
I was kind of rooting for them to win and go 6-1. But it disappointed me. It disappointed me for them not to not even show that game. I mean, you give up 41 points, and then you – I mean, LSU shoots the first three points, and then LSU goes off and wins conventionally running away. So, I, when they find a quarterback and when they find – that have balance that they want to find on both sides of the ball. They're going to be a great team. And I like Mike Soups as, as a coach also, so I think they're going to be pretty good. I guess uh, we're going to take a quick, break, quick 30 second break and we'll right back. From Shy Down to the Ville, Nap Down to the Natty, Hype is where it's at for music and news. From hip hop to Hollywood. Attention listeners. Log on to thehypemagazine.com for the hottest hip-hop and urban magazine you've ever seen. Get the 411 on the world of entertainment, new releases, and more. Just log on to thehypemagazine.com. In stores now at 7-Eleven, Kmart, Target, Barnes & Noble, Marsh, Chicken Save, as well as all mobile devices. Hype, how you perceive everything. Yeah, shout out to the Hype Magazine. They're doing it. So, that's our team there. Salute to them. Definitely will be doing a lot of work with them in the future. Uh, Scott, Jermaine has a question for you. And uh, we're going to talk about Georgia and what they're doing and and how they can shake up a whole lot of things coming out of the the SEC East. With Georgia being said after after yesterday and that destruction that they put on, on Arkansas, no choice in to indicate what Georgia was. What do you think? What do you think of Georgia? Yeah, I mean, you know, me personally, I, I've kind of felt like Georgia has been overlooked a little bit, uh, specifically since they suspended Gurley. People, people act to me. This is my opinion. I believe Gurley is not Gurley's not the best football player in the country. I don't think he's the best running back in the country. That's my personal opinion. Uh, I think people overrated him a little bit. I think people underrated consequently the rest of Georgia's roster. Georgia's got a heck of a team, talent-wise. They have great talent. And 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 bottom line is, you know, the, the tailbacks they bring in behind Gurley are not much off him, including Chubb, uh, a former Notre Dame commitment. He was committed to Notre Dame, and Georgia stole him from us. Uh, but, I mean, hey, kudos to them for doing so. But he's a heck of a player, and they have talent everywhere. To me, Georgia has more talent, athletic talent than Mississippi State. So, you know, I believe they could very well, um, you know, be a one-loss team going to the title game. Now, with that said, you, you better look out for Georgia, Georgia Tech. And I also believe if it's, if it's Alabama or Auburn that comes out of the West, that they can't handle that. I don't I don't think they can handle that. You know, as far you know, it, it, I mean, well, it, you know, they could, they could, they could go into the title game with two losses since they do play Auburn. But if they play Alabama, I don't believe they can handle it. I think they could beat Ole Miss and Mississippi State, though. I do. You know, Nick Chubb, Cartersville, Georgia kid. Um, with the way that he runs, he runs with reckless abandon and really with some purpose. Mm-hmm. With him and Sonny Michelle and possibly Marshall next year, if he's healthy or finally healthy, um, with that three-headed monster at running back, do you think that Georgia can be consistent? If they find another quarterback to go along with that, that's a that's a big question to ask. Though, you know, here's the thing: running backs. It's great to have a great running back, mm-hmm. but without a quarterback, 
you can't win anything. A quarterback can lose a game by itself. So having a question at quarterback to me is always the biggest problem. You know, I, I can replace a running back, you know, out of high school. I can just get a kid and bring him in there and teach him some stuff. But quarterback, it's going to take some time. And I think you're seeing that this year with a, with a guy that's been on campus for quite some time. He still went through some growing pains. Um, it, you know, it's hard to predict what a quarterback is going to do, you know, a new starter. But I, I personally, I, I like having a returning starter. <laughs> you know, and, that, and you can tell that they're missing, they're missing uh, Mr. Murray. But at the same time, they're still steady because they're running the ball. They're they're running first team. And that's true. But I mean, and I think means, you, the question is, can you do that against an Alabama? When when Alabama has, you know, they they go, they go 290 across the front defensive line. They got 240-pound linebackers. They don't have to bring two safeties up. Can you line up and run it and just tell them, we're going to run it and there ain't nothing you can do about it? I don't think you can do that against the top teams. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. The next few weeks, next few months, this football championship might be a good year. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a whole lot of fun. I mean, you got rivalry games coming up. Um, beginning of the month, you have Alabama LSU, which I think could be a great game if LSU comes with the LSU that beat Wisconsin that came from behind and beat, you know, showed that character against um, <clears throat> Mississippi State, you know, lost by five. I mean, if they can bring that character type to it, I, I think that they could they could make that game interesting or very close. I, I, I don't see it. I, I just don't see it. Because they they so young at quarterback, and then their strength is their running game. And Alabama, it, only great thing about that defense is their 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 um their run defense. They 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 very stout on that. And, now, and they, in my opinion, in, in my opinion, Nick Saban, you're giving Nick, you're going to give Nick Saban, who is terrific at creating schemes that confuse quarterbacks. You're giving him two kids that couldn't that they they can't read coverage. I mean, I watched them enough already to tell you. These kids, they go one read and they—that's it. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, this is—I mean, it's basically like having a six-year-old drive a car. It's not working out too good. Nick Saban's <laughs> going to confuse them. It's going to be ridiculous. I mean, and that's just my opinion. I think you know, yeah, you're looking at three or four picks is what I believe. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I just, yeah, I don't see Alabama having any, any issue with LSU at all. What I'm looking forward to when they play Mississippi State. November fifteenth. Uh, that's that. That's two weeks before for the Iron Bowl. Yeah, so I mean, that that game could go either way. Exactly. Uh, Where's that game at? I haven't checked the schedule. Where's that game at? Actually, looking at it now, it is at it is at Bryant Denny, and um, don't know if that's gonna be a nighttime game or gonna be a or a three thirty game. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. If Mississippi State can win that game on the road, I'll get I'll get more on their bandwagon. I, I, that's where I question is: Can you win on the road against a legit opponent? That's one reason I I like Notre Dame's team a lot more now. It's because I know they can do that. I don't know that Mississippi State can do that. I mean, when they go to Alabama, you'll find out. Right. And speaking about Notre Dame, I was just thinking 
who in the world construct their schedule, man, for them to have their first true road game against Florida State? I feel they should have had another road game before that. If they would have played on the road prior to playing Florida State, I think they could have easily beaten Florida State. Well, you know, one thing about Notre Dame's schedule, it, it fluctuates it, it, because it's independent and because their, their goal is to schedule the best of the best throughout the country. It's one reason they just agreed to a home-and-home with Georgia. They play okay. out in California. They play in Texas, neutral site games. They play in Florida, neutral site games. They went to Ireland. They, they try to play everywhere, so that that's one reason they have fans everywhere, similar to me being in Alabama. They play everywhere. Well, because of that, sometimes the schedule can fall quirky ways. Um, as an example, I know two two to three years from now, if I'm not mistaken, we play Ohio State and Texas back-to-back on the road. Uh, so it, it can fall in quirky ways like that. And this year it just so happened, if I'm not mistaken, I believe originally Syracuse was supposed to be on their campus in the Carrier Dome. But Notre Dame gave them a little bit of extra cash to move it to New York City, and we played them in the, in, in the Giants and Jets uh, Stadium. And, um, you know, obviously New York being a base of Notre Dame fans, that was beneficial to us. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, it, 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 I think it had an effect. But at the same time, I liked, I liked how I felt like we were a lot calmer in that environment than I thought we would have been. So I, I kind of uh, I view that as a positive in, in retrospect now. But, yeah, I mean, it would have been good to go on the road before, before now. But uh, it, it, I think we, did, we handled it pretty well. We have a call from Sergeant Doughboy. We're going to welcome Sergeant Doughboy to the show. How you doing tonight, sir? Hey, what's up? What's up, Dougie Doug? <laughs> hey, Sergeant Doughboy calling from Fort Knox, Kentucky. What's up? Well, how you doing tonight, man? Oh, man, we we over here parlaying, man, watching the Dallas and New York Giants right now play. Dallas is up. <laughs> okay, what's the score? I'm not even keeping up with that right uh, now. 20, 21 14. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yep. So, how, how you been so doing, man? Been, you been watching a lot of football? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Been watching a lot of football, man. Met a lot of good friends up here. You know what I'm saying? You know, some that I knew, some I didn't. But either way, you know, with the with whole crowd up here, where it started at with me, uh, Tarrant. Where it started out with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a question. I have a question for you, man. I know you. I know George is your second team. How you feel about their season, and, and where do you actually see them going this year? I actually see them in the SEC East, bro. I actually see Georgia in the SEC East, man. To be honest with you. Okay. You, you think you think they can win uh, the the conference championship versus uh, Mississippi State, Auburn, Alabama, or Ole Miss? Well, you know, with Gurley being out right now, which I think some bullshit on that because you remember with uh, Menzel, he did the same shit, but he kept playing, but they want to suspend Gurley for the whole damn year. But I just, I, I don't know, man. You know, Chelsea came up, though. Chelsea came up, though. He, he, He's done, done his damn thing. You know what I'm saying? What do you think, Terrence? Well, I, I... I think Georgia will make it to the SEC championship game. And, then, of course, when you get there, it's going to be a toss-up. But, actually, Gurley is reinstated, by the way. He just didn't play yesterday. So, they yeah. right now, they couldn't find So, they did reinstate him. See, I didn't, I didn't say that. So, they did reinstate him? Yes, they reinstate him. So, now, with Chubb getting his playing time now, that, that built up his confidence. And then, you know, yesterday he had over 200 yards. So, now, shoot, Georgia got a two-headed monster now. 
You know, they don't have to give a girl all those cares now, or and they can get him at least when exactly. they can rest. Now they got now they got a they got a plan attack now. <laughs> right, right. They can get him a little breather, and they know they got somebody just just as reliable as him to come in the game and, and carry the load. So I think this is going to make Georgia even more dangerous. If Mason can, you know, be a you know a game controller, control the game, game yeah. manager, whatever, I, I think Georgia can can make some noise and it probably. Hey, you know, I, they could win the SEC. Hey, you know what? All I'm saying is, man, I want my team, Auburn, win. Ward damn Eagle to the air fans out there. But Ward damn Eagle, but I will say this, though, man. You know, all I want is the SEC to keep it in the SEC, dog. <laughs> you know? Exactly. I mean, you know, that's just me. That's just me. Not everybody disagrees. Which is fine. We can agree to disagree. <laughs> and, I, and I would agree with you, boy. And, um, no, boy, what's going on? It's Jermaine, by the way. My question to you hey, is, Jermaine. Oh, what's up, dog? <laughs> what's going on? My question to no, you is this. With the schedule that Auburn has, do you think we can win out? You know what, man? Anything in life is possible. I learned that through life experiences, and you know anything is possible, man. I mean, we, I mean, because we lost one game, man. We're still up there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, 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 I think we can, man. I got faith and belief. That's just me. That's just me, though. And you know what? I think <laughs> this is kind of fun. I don't know if anybody else had thought about this, but this game is kind. Of, this season is parallel to last year. We was down twenty-one-zero. Two years in a row, mm-hmm. the LSU, mm-hmm. and then this year to Mississippi State, and we had a bye week the next week, and then after that, yeah. the miracles and everything, <laughs> the miracles and everything else started happening. So I'm thinking deja vu, it can happen again. <laughs> you know, it, 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 I mean, it, you know, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Yeah. You know, to your point. Hey, but look here, Terrence. I know you probably got some other callers on the line, man. I just want to tell everybody. That I love them, War Damn Eagle, or whatever team that you support, whatever, you know, love y'all. And uh, look, man, I'm flying in Tuesday. I'll be back okay. in the A Tuesday. Okay, no doubt, man. We love you too, man. We're definitely looking forward to you coming back down this way Tuesday. Yeah. I ain't even going to lie to you. I'm regretting it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even going to lie to you, dog. I'm regretting it. <laughs> You make sure you enjoy your last 48 hours up there in Kentucky, man. And uh, and uh, tell Sergeant Brown, I salute him. I salute you and, and all your battle buddies that you up there with. And, and yeah. definitely, definitely, definitely an honor f- for you all, man. Hey, I appreciate you, brother. I love right. y'all, man. You take care. Terrence, I love you, brother. <laughs> I love you too, man. You take care, now. All right. Now, Scott, what you think about that that theory there? With, with which with one that happening with Auburn falling twenty one zero back to back years prior to a bye week, so that give the mastermind Gus Malzahn a chance to kind of retool things there and then make this this run toward the end of the year. That's it's interesting. Uh, it's an interesting um, interesting theory. I mean, I'll, I'll be kind of I'll follow follow the progress as we go. I think you got a good team. I mean, you know, I, I think you got a, a really good team. I don't know how good. You know, I'll I tell you what my opinion on Auburn is. You're as good as Nick Marshall's accuracy because mm-hmm. we know you can run it. 
We know your receivers are good. We know you're athletic on defense. We know Gus Malzahn can call plays. The only thing that goes up and down is Nick Marsh's accuracy. So, <laughs> I mean, seriously, some nights he's good, some nights he isn't. So, you know, basically I know what Auburn is in every area but one. And that, so I guess that's why I'm always kind of just interested to see how, you know, how accurate is he tonight. Because I already know everything else. Is, you know, you've got a heck of a program. You've got a really good program. Yeah, but, you know, I think I just follow teams that has a Jay Cutler syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the good thing. At least Nick Marshall doesn't throw the ball to the other team. You know, Nick Nick's a little inaccurate, but he don't throw a lot of interceptions. And Cutler, Cutler is very accurate. He hits somebody with a jersey on every time. It's just sometimes it has the wrong color jersey on. I mean, you know, he's a top one diabetic, so, you know, he's kind of colorblind. So. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, it's got something to do with it. <laughs> But, hey, I saw something online one time that said the four greatest Green Bay quarterbacks. It was Bart Starr, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and Jay Cutler. <laughs> that, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny right there. I like that. I hadn't heard that, I hadn't heard that but um, whoever put that, that's, that's, that's dead on after Because <laughs> that dude <laughs> – Yes, bro. Hey, and, and, he, and I don't know. I don't know what he did today, but I did see the score. I saw where he lost at home, twenty-seven fourteen to the to the Dolphins. And I'm figuring, I'm assuming that Jay threw at least two interceptions. Well, um, I did see something um, on online just a few seconds ago where um, Brandon Marshall actually called out Jay Cutler. So it, it was a big old fight in the uh, in the locker room today after the game. <laughs> hey, they need to put Jimmy Clausen in. We need to go ahead and go to Jimmy, and we'll be okay. And I'm not too sold on Jimmy either. I mean, I wasn't sold on him coming out of Oaks Christian High School when he went to Notre Dame. So, well, I saw I, I saw him play in college, and here's my take on Clausen. I don't. I'm not saying he's. I'm not saying he is Peyton Manning, but who he is? I know that Jimmy won't turn the ball over. Jimmy is a smart quarterback, and he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks. That I've seen, and what, he was to me, he had an underrated college career. He, he played with a team who couldn't stop anybody, so he was constantly. I remember one year down twenty-one in the fourth quarter against USC, he brought us back three straight touchdowns. But our defense was giving up forty points a game. Uh, I think Jimmy can basically he could go in there with the weapons the Bears have and not turn the football over. And if you don't turn the football over with those players, you're going to be a good team. Um, with, with Forte and Marshall, and, and you know, the, just the the whole the weapons we have everywhere, and, and I believe, I just believe if you don't turn it over, you you're going to score because we have we have talent. So uh, I mean, I think I think he could be he could be a mid, middle of the line quarterback, mid road, which at this point we'll take that. <laughs> exactly. I, I would say. I mean, at this point, and seeing the highlights before I come over, before I come over to the studio. <sighs> I, I would. I mean, oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying that. I, I would take Matt Flynn over Jay Cutler right now. Hey, I'm telling and you what. Like well, here, it, 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 here's the problem: is everybody falls in love with stuff they can see with their eyes. Everybody falls in love with talent, with six foot six, or he has a cannon for an arm. Like, if you remember, Jamarcus Russell coming out. Everybody yeah. said he could throw the ball 80 yards. You know what my comment to that was? Have you ever seen an 80-yard route? Ever? Have you ever seen anybody run an 80-yard route or 80-yard curl route? No, it's irrelevant how far you can throw the ball. It does not matter. I played quarterback, and I can tell you it matters zero. And the same thing, it's all about accuracy and being able to being able to stare, stare down the barrel of a gun. That's what Tom Brady can do. Tom Brady, you can pressure him 
and he can handle it. He can look downfield, and you could fire you could fire rounds from a nine millimeter right past his head, and he could handle it. Whereas some people can't. Jay Cutler can't handle it. He can't handle pressure. He just can't handle it. And you know, some people. So I believe that quarterbacks. How you should judge talent on quarterbacks. A lot of times, you need to try to figure out how they're wired. But right. more more so than arm strength, Jay Cutler. He has a cannon. I'm sure he looks great in shorts and practice when nobody's rushing him. He probably looks wonderful. But guess what happens when they put pressure on him? He cracks. And he continues to crack. He's 30 years old, so it's not going to change. You know, another thing with that is that we have, me as a Bears fan, I've never seen a great offensive line from the Chicago Bears since the Super Bowl years or the years that we would win the Central. I mean, would you agree with that? I agree. The quarterback, the line's generally not very good. I do agree with that, at least in the past game. The run, yeah, I've seen some good run blocking offensive lines for the Bears. Mm-hmm. Like when we had eight run, we had a pretty good line. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, I, when we had Anthony Thomas, back thing it was 2002, they had Anthony Thomas and James Allen. We had a pretty good run blocking line. The Eagles beat us in the playoffs 35-13 that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. So we'll take a bit further than that. How about Neil Anderson? <laughs> yeah, him and Walter Payton in the backfield together. Oh yeah, Neil Anderson, eighty-eight. Yeah, I remember. I remember him uh, first thousand-yard year, I believe, it was eighty-eight, and uh, that was Neil Anderson's kind of how I got on the Bears bandwagon. I, I was uh, oh. I was only four when Payton won the Super Bowl, so I didn't really remember that. <laughs> but, but 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 Neil, but yeah, Neil Anderson. Uh, yeah, he, he got me on the bandwagon, and then uh, had a big fullback named Brad Muster. I remember Big Brad. He was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the name of the of the fullback before him? Uh, was it Matt Sue? Matt Sue. Matt Sue. Matt Sue. Yep, yep, that's right. I started watching. My first NFL game was I think it was the NFC Championship game before the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl twenty. That's when I started watching it. <clears throat> and my my dad and I we watched the Super Bowl, and I actually recorded it, had it on VHS and everything. So. <clears throat> The 84 season was 85 Super Bowl. That was when I first started watching the NFL, and I've been a Bears fan ever since. You know, and, and, I, and I got my Bears moments, too. I mean, it all correlates with the state of Georgia, too. I mean, you think <laughs> about it, I mean, the first the first player that I really just absolutely followed and loved was a Georgia kid by the name of Kevin Butler. He was a kicker. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. And, you know, I, and that's where I learned my love of kicking. And then as it went further, I'm, you know, I fell in love with a Texas kicker by the name of Phil Dawson and then another Tennessee kicker by the name of Jeff Hall, you know. Oh, yeah. And I know those are names from the past, but, I mean, Phil's still doing the thing out in, out in uh, San Francisco and, uh, you know, Jeff Hall's a kicking coach in, in Knoxville, so. Well, let me, let me ask y'all this then, since we all showing the Bears love or whatever. Who would you choose, Robbie Gold or Kevin Butler? Who? <laughs> Robbie Gold. Robbie, Robbie Gold. Gold. Oh. Oh. Hey, why? why, why hey, I love, I love Kevin Butler, too. Hey, listen, I remember Kevin Butler. I remember Kevin Butler. I was probably I was probably <laughs> eight or nine. I was kind of a, I was a little runt. Played at San Francisco in the, in the first round of the playoffs when they when they was in there when they was really good and, and Kevin Butler hit a forty nine yard field goal to put us up three to nothing. Mm-hmm. 
and I remember wanting to give Kevin Butler a big kiss. And then we got beat 49 to 3. But so I like Kevin Butler, but Robbie Gold is a machine. I mean, he's underrated to kick in those conditions and have the accuracy percentage wise that he has for his career. I mean, he's mm-hmm. one of the most underrated kickers in NFL history. I would definitely agree with you on that. And, you know, if you look at some of the younger kickers that have come from the colder weather, like uh, Buffalo. Buffalo's kicker, um, like Buffalo's kicker who went to school at Montana, or um, <clears throat> or the Washington, or the, um, I want to say it was the, the Bears kicker, Robert Gold kicked at um, Penn State, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I mean, so, I mean, you got a lot of cold weather kickers. Who are doing what they should be doing? Yeah, it probably does factor into it. I mean, if, if you're from the south and you're kicking, you probably ain't used to kicking what, that, that ball. When it's frozen, it's probably like kicking a cinder block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with that. But here's my issue with with the whole organization. Why can't we find a franchise quarterback? Well, we did. We found 21 of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have had a lot of them. I, some of it's got to do with that, with the, with the conditions. I mean, listen, we're, you have to build your team the way the Bears have, have been built. When, when we've had our best teams, how have we been built? Running the ball with a decent quarterback, and that's you can't. You're never going to have the greatest show on turf in Chicago with the wind coming off the lake. It's just not going to happen. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, as a former quarterback, it can rain all day, and I can throw. It can snow, and I can throw. What's the one thing that I don't want it to do? The wind blow. If the wind's blowing hard, it affects a quarterback more than any other element you can name. So I, I kind of think we gotta, you know, we gotta quit trying to kid ourselves and trying to, you know, be be a, you know, a San Francisco Forty Nine ers. We have to be built a different way because of the conditions of our city. Oh yeah, and the Buffalo kicker's name is Dan Carpenter. I I had to think about that for a second there. Dan Carpenter. I don't even remember Dan Carpenter. <laughs> oh, man. How, when was that? <laughs> Dan Carpenter is actually, he actually played football at Montana. And uh, he was one of the most accurate kickers in FCS history. So ah, That's okay. impressive because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of bad places to play in the FCS. You know, when you talk about North Dakotas and, and mm-hmm. uh, Oregon's and Washington, there's a lot of elements out there. I would agree. Yeah, I, I just I, I'm trying to remember Dan Carpenter. I, I can't. He didn't put play that... for the Bears. Oh, he did. <laughs> he played for the Dolphins and now he's playing for the Bills. Okay, okay, but I do remember him. He's at Boston State. Not Boston State, Montana, Montana. I still don't remember him. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. But anyway, we're gonna take a <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break. <laughs> we'll be right back. More Scott Smith and Jermaine. Down the stairs to the wine cellar, finished bottle specialist, homie. I'm a fine fella, not the average nigga that's rapping that you define, Stella. Rhyme seller, former stop sign dweller. 
My girl relaxing on the love sofa Up in the man cave, got Russo and Dubs over Don't acknowledge sip on my niggas when we rub shoulders I used to rock Tim's, now I love loafers Too classy, CFR enter Mantra shade wine, seeing scallops for my dinner Heart slow bound in the business, smoking a Davidor Dressed in all black, now riding like they half a hall Yeah, yo, we live from the wine cellar Daniel Ten on the time teller I got bottles on chill Rubber band, $100 bills, I'm ill Live from the wine cellar Daniel Ten on the time teller Got bottles on chill Rubber band and hundred dollar bills I'm Yo, ill Catch me sipping on my rose blend This rap shit is a fortress No way in, nigga I sniffed the court before I poured the crate Casey Camus in the back of that quarter to eight Look how my wallies and the labels They coordinate the can with a humidor The way I orchestrate Don't do picnics, they call it pick a nigga Pick of the litter, that's enough Make a nigga consider Oh six Chardonnay is sort of bitter Green in my galaxy, traveling different orbits, nigga Half of y'all show resentment, the other half follow Frank family reserve, got a half bottle Yeah, yo, we live from the wine cellar Daniel ten on the time teller I got bottles on chill Rubber band, hundred dollar bills, I'm ill Live from the wine cellar Daniel ten on the time teller I got bottles on chill Rubber band and hundred dollar bills, I'm ill Shop 
Andy Victor, which is he is the lead singer of AV Super Sunshine there. A shout out to him. I had to play that for my mother-in-law. She definitely loved that song there. That's Baby Goodbye. We had, we know I'm a fan of all music, so we had to play play some of that uh, modern and classic rock there. <laughs> We're gonna welcome Scott Smith back. Of course, we have Jermaine in the studio. What's going on, man? <laughs> Now, we're going to talk about what Scott specializes in, that is high school recruiting. Uh, I, I definitely want to ask you, Scott, how is everything going uh, with the recruiting this week? Oh, it, it's going great. I actually, uh, this past week, I had a, a tight end, that 6'4", tight end, very athletic. Uh, kind of reminds me of Julius Thomas for the Denver Broncos, if you can imagine the high school version of that. Um, he got calls. He, I had I took calls on uh, on him pretty much the entire day, Monday. Um, Oklahoma State called, Arizona called, Oregon called, and when Oregon called, that's kind of a big deal. You know, that, that any time a top ten program shows interest in a kid, that's a, a good good thing. So I pretty much I spent my entire day Monday taking taking calls on the, this this six four tight end out of Birmingham, really athletic kid. Um, that's been pretty busy. And then I've got a couple of kids that I haven't put out yet that I'm pretty excited. I just picked up a six foot four, three hundred and sixty five pound lineman from uh, West Alabama that uh, plays at a 1A school. Nobody's seen him yet, but uh, he, he I believe uh, once I put him out there, he's going to hes gonna get quite a bit of attention. He's like a hes like a, a house on cleats. He's a big young man. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, hey, it, it, it's, it's really picking up. I mean, I, this time of year I, I get really busy, but at the same time, busy is good. I can rest in June and July. Uh, so I, this time of year I try to – I try to uh, take as many calls from colleges and put them, you know, put as many kids out there as I can. Um, you know, probably five minutes before me before I called in uh, your show tonight, I was emailing with Nebraska about one of my guys. So I try to, uh, as, as much as I can, much as I can handle, I do it. So I try to get them out there, and, and my guys are getting a good response. So I'm pretty excited about. Uh, hopefully, all this work will pay off come signing day. So I've heard a, I've heard a couple of rumors about a couple of recruits. Um, especially the West Coast recruiter re- recruits. Uh, one of them in Ricky Town, I've heard that he decommitted and he's going to visit LSU and he's going to visit A&M. You know, I, and, and I, I, yeah, I've heard Town has been a little bit uh, back and forth. You know, 
I actually had one coach that told me he said Ricky he said Ricky Towns this year's version of Gunner Kill. If you remember Gunner Kill committed oh, like four times. <laughs> uh, so it, it, it should be interesting. Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, we'll see. I, I think Towns is a good quarterback, uh, but he's not as good as Blake Barnes. Uh, that kid Barnes committed to Alabama is a real deal. Blake Barnett, yeah. Blake Barnett, Blake Barnett, yes, he's a real deal. And what about the um, the other Trinity League quarterback, uh, Josh Rosen? From Saint John. I, I haven't I haven't seen him yet. Well, tell me a little bit about him. I haven't seen him yet. He uh, well, I've seen him. He's a pro style quarterback. He's about six four, six five. I think he's more or less a six two, six three range. Um, got a nice arm. He's a pocket passer. So I mean, he makes himself look pretty well. He's also a firm commit to to UCLA, so I don't see him going anywhere as of yet, but I do know he's got a couple of visits that he's going on. Yeah, that may be a good situation for him to go into, you know, with Hunley leaving, you know, I, I would, you know, that's any quarterback's uh, goal when you're, when you're committing is going into a program that you have a shot to start, you know, from the jump. So that's probably a good situation for a guy to commit to. Like, is there any other is there any other big time recruits like that that you really are very high on? Uh, you know, and I'll be honest, I followed I followed the nationwide scope of recruiting a lot closer four years ago, five years ago, before I started my company than I do now. Now I, I follow my guys because I because I have about like at this point I got about ninety guys. By the by the signing day rolls around, I'll, I'll be representing about three hundred kids. Um, so, you know, yeah, I end up getting, <laughs> I end up getting kind of swamped, needless to say, but, uh, if it pays off, yeah, but I, I don't get to see, I mean, you know, f- five, six years ago, I used to, I used to have watched every Notre Dame recruit on film. This past mm-hmm. signing class, I hadn't watched one of them. I didn't know anything we got. I just figured I'd see them in the fall. Uh, I, because I, just, I, I try to concentrate on my guys, and my guys mostly, I mean, there's some big names I've helped, but for the most part, these guys are under the radar. That, that's why they're hiring somebody, because they hadn't been seen yet. Um, but I, I helped guys like I helped Amir Abdullah sign with Nebraska. Uh, you know, I helped uh, by the name of Darius Phillips sign with with Auburn a few years ago. So he's one of the uh, unfortunate young men that, that one of the football players that died in the uh, in, in, with that shooting a few years ago. Um, so yeah. over the years, I've helped some some guys that had big names. You know, but uh, for the most part, I, I like to I, I take pride in the guys that haven't been seen, and I I try to put them out there. And, and you know, those are the guys I'm I'm the proudest of that, that didn't have any offers all of a sudden get offers. So. Yeah, Dula, he's showing out out there in Nebraska, man. Definitely. He's, hey, he's uh, he, he's awesome, and he's an awesome young man. I mean, that's one thing about him is having met a good time with him. He is he is really as good as I mean as the day is long. I don't think you you couldn't find a a bad. It's not a bad thing to find on I him. Mean, you could uh, you could uncover every rock since kindergarten, and mm-hmm. I don't think you find anything bad on Amir Abdullah. Now you see him playing on Sundays in the future. I do, and I'll tell you why. <clears throat> He's a kid that, uh, when he was coming out of high school, when I worked with him, he was a great route runner. He was a great, you know, scat-type guy. I actually said, coming out of high school, I said, you know, I thought his weakness was running between the tackles. He's changed that because of how hard he works. I kind of view him as as a poor man's Marshall Falk. He's a guy that can play, you know, Marshall Falk could run between the tackles, but his strength was yeah. outside the tackle. I think that's what Abdul is, and that's one reason I think – I, I personally like Abdullah over Gurley, and I like it because of how they project to the NFL. If you, I believe Abdullah projects well to the NFL. I think Gurley projects like Trent Richardson. 
Trent Richardson was a monster coming out of college. What has he done yeah. in the NFL? Because he, he can't pass block and he's no threat in the in the receiving game. Right, right. Yeah, I agree with that. The game has changed a whole lot now. The game has come kind of already modeled after the college game a little bit, you know, with they have multiple backs and everything, and they usually don't have that, that one workhorse now um, like we did in the past where you, you get 300 carries a, a season. So, yeah, I can see Abdullah doing very well. Uh, if not being uh, a full-time starter uh, at the running back position, I'm sure he can, he can contribute on the special teams as well as a kit returner uh, with, his, with his speed and then and with the ability to run between the tackles now. Uh, the question I want to ask you, uh, with the National Signing Day, that's that's the big the big day for you know all the recruits and everything to sign with um, programs all over the nation. D one, one double A, which is the FCS. D two. How busy are you doing that during that time as well? Because I know you put in a lot of work prior to that, but it, but when National Signing Day come, how busy is Scott Smith? Well, you know, honestly, I, I, about the the, pre, the 72 hours leading up to signing day can be almost. You've seen you've seen the NFL draft how they have war rooms. Mm-hmm. That's kind of I mean that's kind of how it can be because what it, what ends up happening is it'll be you know the weekend before the the signing day, kids go can go on their last visit. Well, you'll have kids that'll decommit that'll get an offer. Let's say a kid's committed to a one double A, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden a D one offers him and he commits to that school. Well, then I'll get coaches calling me on Sunday night, Monday morning, Tuesday, leading up to signing day, looking mm-hmm. for a guy to replace that 1AA guy. Well, that 1AA team will find a D2 guy to replace. Well, that D2 team will call me looking for another. So it can be, <laughs> to say it can be hectic might be an understatement. Um, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. I had, a, I, I had a kid three years ago. I had a wide receiver from Daphne High School named Justin Jackson. He was committed to Alabama State, but his mom hired me because she thought he was better than that. I stayed up all night on a Saturday night doing this film. This was prior to signing day, the day like the, coming up on leading up to signing day week. I sent him out on Sunday night, and I and I remember going to bed. It was about midnight. I got woke up at 5:30 with a call from Pittsburgh, Ooh. Pittsburgh Panthers, and they offered over the phone. They never met the kid. All they did was see what they saw what I sent them. They had had a wide receiver decommit that weekend to somebody else, and they offered him that Monday morning. Uh, had never seen him. They did. So basically, they did. They had only seen the film that I sent them, and they called me at five thirty and said, "Call Jackson and tell him he's got an offer." So that's a that's wow. a good story. That's one of my favorite stories because I remember kind of waking up, going, "What's going on?" It's five thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's a blessing, man. That, that's a big blessing for them for them that I haven't met met with him before, and just because they trusted in you and the, and the video that you provided to them for him to get a D one. You know, yeah, but, yeah, and that's one thing. I, I've had a lot of people since I've been doing this that have asked me. They'll say, you know, do, do they offer a kid off when you send them a film? And a lot of people think they don't, but they will. I mean, I've seen you know, I've seen tons of scholarship offers extended over the phone, having never met me, having never met the kid. You know, because I try to provide them as most accurate information as I can. I mean, I've had schools that have seen my film and said, hey, is this kid really, six, you know, six four, three hundred? I've told that their that high school coach, look, go in the weight room, videotape him getting on the scale, videotape him getting, uh, getting you know measured, and, and and send it to me, and then I'll send it to that school. We can verify a lot of stuff without actually meeting them. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's 
that's that's big time, man. And I know I know that adds to your credibility too, for them to just you know offer him a scholarship like that based on what you put together. So that's definitely a blessing what you're doing with, with your craft. Well, you know, I'll be honest. I told I told a parent before, and this is the God's honest truth. Is it, it, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I like getting checks, and I like being able to pay my bills. But right. the story is like the story is like the Jackson kid getting offered by Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. That means more to me than the money that his mom gave me. I love. I mean, that to me, it it lit up my world to be able to get up that morning and call that kid and tell him he had a Division One scholarship offer. Right. You know, so I I, I love the fact that it. You know, he, the fact that I, you know it can help people. I'm just glad. I I'll be honest. I wish I had it when I was coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, no doubt. Uh, before Jermaine, I ask you a question. I would definitely would like to uh, be around maybe seventy-two hours or lean up to the National Signing Day, so that way we can um, maybe do a show or, or capture some of the behind the scenes of what, what you do, so that way people can see your work and see how how much dedication that you put into um, you know showing off the recruits that you have or are hired to uh, the, the send off to these colleges. Hey, that, that sounds great. I, I always tell people, pretty much, I, I can I can bring a laptop and a cell phone. I can work from the moon. So, hey, you know, anywhere we, we can, anywhere we can set that up, we set it up. Okay. <laughs> so, who's your who's the one person that you really want to see go somewhere that that you're helping to get recruited? You, as in right this year? You mean class 2015, yeah. 2016? Yes. Um, I, I've got you know I'm working with a lot of guys. Uh, I would say guys that are on the verge of getting offers that I'm working for right now that haven't quite got the offer yet. Um, I've got a I've got a quarterback from the class 2016 in Fort Worth, Texas, named Cameron Matthews. He's six foot three, uh, probably six foot four by now. This um, kid has already I've been I've, I've gotten calls from North Texas, Arizona, Purdue. Uh, Northwestern and TCU all, all this year on him, and and he basically has played about a year and a half. He played his tenth grade year, and then now he's about six six seven games into his senior into his junior year. Well, I think we're just now getting started on his recruiting. I think it's possible by you know this time next year he could be one of the top twenty quarterbacks in the country. Um, and, you know, so I'm kind of excited seeing where that's going to go. And he's a five A quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, Trinity Valley. Yeah, Trinity Valley. Pocket passer. Yeah, he, he, he's definitely a pocket passer. I think he's – okay, you know how Tom Brady is underrated as far as mobility in the pocket? Like, Tom Brady can move away from pressure, but he can't run. I think Cameron's similar to that. Cameron, he displays really good awareness and mobility inside the pocket. Now, he's not going to outrun anybody, but he's very smart. He comes from a family where – his brother was an Elite 11 quarterback uh, that, that signed with TCU, but he, he was rated one of the 11 best quarterbacks in the country coming out of high school. Um, so you see, he comes from a family that's obviously groomed well, and Cameron's a good bit better than – I mean, a good bit taller than his brother already. So I'm kind of thinking he might get to 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Hmm. He's a big kid. He's got a big frame, and, and it's legit. And, and I like his throwing motion. He, he's got great cuts also. So, you know, that's a kid that – um you know, a lot of my 2015 guys – once I send them out, they can get immediate results. Um, huh. I sent out a kid a couple of weeks ago that he had zero scholarship offers, kid named Roland Godwin from Dothan. He had zero scholarship offers, and I sent him out, and within 72 hours, he had a Division One scholarship offer to Army. So he went from having no offers at all, not even D2, to having a D1 offer. With 2016 guys like Cameron, 
sometimes you kind of have to do it brick by brick. It's not the immediate result, but in the end, you know, we're hoping the more we put him out there, we put him out there, we put him out there. And then in the end, hopefully, you know, his signing day rolls around, maybe he has 30 or 40 D1 offers. And, you know, another question is, you know, you, you've seen a lot of areas around around the country that have finally become fertile in recruiting grounds, especially in the state of Texas. Um, and you may agree with me. Uh, one of those new one of those new grounds is San Antonio. Now that they have a, now that UTSA has a has a football team and. Excuse me. Yeah, and, and you know, I believe I believe that's also one reason why UTSA has been. If you look, they they started their program about the same time Georgia State did, but UTSA mm-hmm. is a lot more competitive than Georgia State because of that base of talent you're talking about. So I, I definitely agree with you. I think that that was an under underrated area, and also probably an area that was underscouted by colleges because I mean, you look even uh, David Robinson's son that plays for Notre Dame. He yeah. was not offered by any of the Texas, any of the big Texas schools. And he was from San Antonio, and his daddy was David Robinson. So you know people right. knew who he was. Hey, from I, Brandon I, I, I can, Yeah, hey, I can only guess that he wasn't scouted properly or, or not enough for something. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how anybody missed that. I mean, you look at some of the talent from that San Antonio area in the last four or five years with Malcolm Brown from Cibolo Steel um, and a couple of other kids, quarterbacks, who actually stayed in – the city of San Antonio, like Eric Souza, um, Giovanni Visa, who played at Texas A&M, who eventually transferred out and went to North Texas. So I mean, you got some, you got some great, great recruiting classes from out that way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a kid that plays for UTSA now, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to think what his name is. And he almost signed up with me. He was about a day away from actually. Uh, making you basically sign it and giving me my sign up payment that I that, that people give me, and uh, his he got an offer from UTSA and committed to them. He plays defensive back for him. Oh, Frederick Blow, this kid named Frederick Blow plays for UTSA, and he is. I remember it, I saw his film and I told him I said, listen, if you don't have a D1 offer now, I, I, the NCAA won't allow me to make a guarantee, but I feel pretty good about your chances of getting D1 offer. Well, UTSA extended that offer, you know, like I said, the day before he was going to sign up with me. I think he could have went even bigger than that. He's a great athlete. And I, I've seen him on Facebook posting pictures. He's already on the field for UTSA. I mean, you look at you look at a lot of the a lot of Texas high school football, especially last year with the San Antonio schools actually coming up and going to the state finals in both Division One and Division Two, like with with San Antonio Brennan. And with Lady Bird making it as far as they did, um, and those in those schools there, with the talent that's there, do you think that test, that UTSA could make a move, possibly to a Big Twelve or possibly to a, to a higher conference than what they are in the Conference USA? I, I think I think you kind of have to go kind of step by step. I, I would say, I would say that you know to me, Mountain West would be a, a realistic big goal, like. You know, Big Twelve. You're looking. You look at look at TCU. They came out of the Southwest Conference just like all the other ones, and it took them a while to even get near Big Twelve standards for what Big Twelve wanted to invite. So, um, I mean, UTSA is a little behind the 
little behind the eight ball there. I think they possibly could be hit of SMU as far as on the pecking order of that, since SMU has fell back so far. But the Mountain West is a that's a very good competitive, financially sound conference. I mean, they make very good money for a for a non Power Five conference. I, that would be my next goal if I was UTSA is to get competitive enough to join to make that jump. You know. Well, we're going to take a quick station break, and we're going to continue more football talks with Scott Smith and Jermaine. From Chi-Town to the Ville, Nap-Town to the Natty, Hype is where it's at for music and news. From hip-hop to Hollywood. Attention listeners. Attention listeners. Log on to thehypemagazine.com for the hottest hip-hop and urban magazine you've ever seen. Get the 411 on the world of entertainment, new releases, and, and more. more. Just log on to thehypemagazine.com. In stores now at 7-Eleven, Kmart, Target, Barnes & Noble, Marsh, Kick and Save, as well as all mobile devices. Hype, how you perceive everything. Saving money, won't you throw a rack? I'm blowing. 
moving cause I'm winning And y'all lose Crash after you You saving money and won't you throw a rack I'm blowing You blowing money and won't you throw a stack I'm blowing I touch a rack I'm blowing I touch a rack Welcome back to the Live by Terrence Show. I'm T-Rex. I'm here with Jermaine, and we also have Scott Smith on the line there. We're talking much, much, much more about football. Much, much, much <laughs> more about football. Um, I guess one of the one of the bigger questions I have for you is that with the recruiting with the recruiting in the state of Texas, do you think that Texas will ever be back to where they should be? Well, you know, one thing I've always believed about football, and this has proven to be true in my limited time on earth, is football is silicon. With the exception of the Ivy League schools who used to win that don't win anymore for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. everybody, all the big powers cycle back through. So when people, you know, people always said Notre Dame won't be back, yeah, they would be. I knew they would be. Same thing with I remember there was a time when Auburn was beating Alabama like they stole something, and they kept saying, it, y'all will never be back. And I always told them, you wait, they'll be back. The same thing, Texas will be back. I mean, there's no doubt. The question is when. They'll be back. But you know why? Because te- winning is too important to Texas. Uh, they're not going to stop until they win. So they'll get it right eventually just because they're Texas. Same, you know, same thing I'd say about USC, Nebraska, Ohio State, Michigan. Alabama, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, they're always going to be back. question is when. This is true. This is very, very true. And, you know, the one subject we hadn't touched on tonight, and you might want to touch on it also, is uh, the Will Muschamp situation at Florida. Ooh, has he been fired yet? I was assuming he'd be fired before he got midnight you know tonight. What? You know what? I, I, I was going to ask you, when, when do you think the over-under is? Before the Georgia game or after the Georgia game? Well, I mean, truly, I, I really expect it to be today. I mean, if, if, when you have the athletes in the state of Florida, and the athletes on that roster that they – I already know they have guys that can run. I mean, I can watch them in warm-up to tell you that. To gain 90, was it 97 yards of total offense? I mean, uh, oh, yeah, that's pitiful. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think it was like that, 90. That, that's pitiful. And uh, against, against Missouri, who's okay. I mean, they lost to Indiana, and Georgia beat them to death. So, yeah. I, yeah, they should have fired him today. Uh, and bottom line, if I was the athletic director, there's no way he would have woke up this morning with a job. Yeah, I mean, so do I, don't, think, I don't get, I don't get what they're waiting for. What, what are they waiting for? <laughs> the end of the season, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't see why. You know, here's the thing: Florida has set the precedent. Uh, if you remember before, when Florida fired their coach, fired Ron Zook, like way before Notre Dame let go of Ty Willingham, what happened? They beat us to Urban Meyer. Hmm. They beat Notre Dame to Urban Meyer because of that jump. And so they ought to know the precedent is to get get in the hunt early. This has worked for you already. Why don't you do it now? Uh, unless they know. Here's the thing. Unless they know it's Dan Mullen. If they know it's Dan Mullen, you ain't in no hurry because you know you've got to wait till the end of the year before you can talk to him anyway. you got to be respectful. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, maybe that's what they're waiting on. But I still, you know, and maybe, you know, maybe you're holding together your recruiting class. But, you know, I don't see – uh, Florida doing anything in recruiting, you know, right now, anybody that's got any sense knows their their staff, you know, 
their staff's looking iffy at best. And that plays a huge factor in these recruits, with these recruits and the recruits' families. I mean, I got a guy right now that's got an offer from Miami. And I can tell you, if Al Golden was for sure going to be there next year, the kid would commit. But his mom told me point blank, we think he's going to be fired. And I agree with him. Miami's going to be firing Al Golden. I, I never thought that Al Golden was a good fit at Miami to begin with. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, and just like with Muschamp. But Muschamp is not Ron run Zook. Because I, I think one thing that was going well for Ron Zook, and I hope that he can get some kind of college job, not as far as head coach, he was one hell of a recruiter. That dude can recruit his butt off. Oh, yeah, he can sell. He can sell in the living room. He just can't coach very well. <laughs> but he can sell him. I mean, Zook is a great speaker, man, no doubt about it. Let's throw out some names out there that could be up for either one of those jobs, like a Ed Ogeron, like a, a a Kirby Smart, or I have a name. Hmm. I have a name from Florida. How about Dan Mullen? Hmm. <laughs> Dan Mullen's it. I think it's a lot. I mean, I but, and I'm gonna tell you point blank for a, and I am not saying that I, I I don't know everything in the world, but I can tell you I've seen enough high school football from Florida and Mississippi to tell you the difference in those two jobs. Mississippi mm-hmm. high school football is not even on a comparable level with Florida. I mean, oh. Mississippi high school football and Tennessee high school football are by far the two worst high school football levels of talent in the southeast, by far, and it's not even close. So if you stay at Mississippi oh. over Florida, you got to be, I don't know what you got to be, but it's not a real bright decision if you ask me. I mean, you don't want to call, you don't wanna call him a crackhead, but you want to call him crackish if he stays. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely say that you're not thinking clearly if if you say at Mississippi State over Florida, you know. And, and I think Mullen will make that move. I mean, I do. I, I know he wants to preach. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay, which any coach does. So I'm not one that jumps on coaches like everybody did about Nick Saban with the Dolphins. I think, look, you're, that's what you're going to say. You're going to say that. You know, you just have to. It's the company line. You have to hold the fort together for where you're at. But I still don't. I mean, even now. With Bobby Petrino, anywhere he goes, I I just wish the worst for him as a coach, not as a oh, person, but as well, a coach. Petrino, hey, he's he's. If you ask me, my personal opinion is he's not a good, he's not a very good human being. I think his whole history proves that. Um, and I've heard some stories from coaches off, you know, the, the, the stuff that had never hit the news. I've heard some stuff about Petrino. He's not just not a very good human being. A <laughs> uh, good coach, good coach, but not a very good human being. I mean that that was shown like um, with the whole David Housel and um, that situation when they flew up to they flew up to Louisville mm-hmm. and interviewed him in a hotel room mm-hmm. and were about the and they were going to fire Tommy Tuberville the day before the Iron Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that, that does show. And in Petrino, you just had a you had a recurring instances in his past that kind of show his character. I mean, you know, but you know what you're getting when you hire him. You're hiring, you know, hey, look, you're not hiring a, a saint here. You're hiring a guy. Louisville knew what they were getting when they hired him, but he definitely, um, you know, it's not a secret. He's definitely he definitely a little bit of an under, he, he'll undercut you. Right. Oh, yeah. That's why I was wondering when he left, when he left Auburn, I was like good riddance. And I was glad to get Jimbo in. I'm hating that he went to Florida State and won a national championship, but <laughs> it, it, hey, exactly. Jimbo's a good coach. He is. He's a good coach, and he's a, he's a, yeah. You're right. He's a good 
he's a he's a better all around choice than Petrino, if you ask me. Yeah, he's he's a very good character guy, and uh, I know I posted uh, over Friday. He was on Mike and Mike. And I was I was I was like, man, I got much respect for Coach Fisher, uh, for what he stands for and everything. He he really has those players and, and students back, regarding you know with the Jameis Winston incident and just the program in general. You know, if anybody, if I wanted to have a coach, man, he'll probably be on top of my list because of of, of his background and, and he put himself on the line for for those players. And, and you know, he was a, a former um, Auburn uh, assistant as mm-hmm. well. So I, I definitely uh, respect Jimbo for all he's doing at Florida State, and he has built that program to to resemble an SEC school. And I would I wouldn't mind if they came to the SEC you know, if we did another expansion. You know, what what the ACC is is the SEC like? <laughs> I mean, you know, you put it in that in that context. The ACC. Yeah, and, and, and I'll tell you, this is just kind of what some things I've, I've kind of read, and I I really believe this to be true. I think mm-hmm. that that there, at one time there was there was some serious consideration to offer in Florida State to join the SEC, and the ACC tried to make a preemptive strike of that by. When they brought Notre Dame in, which brought more money into their TV contract, it helped keep Florida State. It'll help keep Florida State at home because Florida State needed another big boy in that conference. And, and let's face it, Miami's. Who knows when Miami will be back? So you know, Florida State needed something else in that conference. And I think that's one reason. You know, Notre Dame play agreeing to play five games in that conference every year. And uh, obviously, some of the money stuff is there with them. That's. I think it was a win-win for everybody. But that's. I think that was good for Florida State. So we actually have a caller. I want to bring in Young Johnny into the conversation. How you doing tonight, Young Johnny? Hey, what's going on, cuz? Uh, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing good, man. I was just calling, man. You know, I I know this is a we talking football today, man. We're in the war room, man. I'm just I, I'm curious to know, like, why I hadn't heard the number one song in the nation, man, in college football? Like, you know, I'm so Alabama, like all day, man. You about to make me come down there, man? <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, the song has been played throughout this broadcast. I guess you, you didn't tune in at the time, but we'll we'll definitely close out. Since y'all won last last night so convincingly, I will play the song to close out the show tonight. Well, Again. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to say this, man. Since I'm walking up on you, bro, you know, since I'm out here, this is how we still have Auburn fans, you know. We got young we got I got Josh Johnny on the set. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, man? I'm getting on the show, man. This is such a surprise. Yeah, yeah, I know it. I know it. This, this is such a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Come on, on the set. Well, we got you on the mic, right? Yeah, 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 man. I just had to come kick it with y'all guys, man. I've been hearing y'all talk a lot of football today, man. Y'all didn't talk as much about Alabama as I expected. You know what I'm saying? But, hey, man, shout out to everybody else who out there doing their thing, you know. Scott, anything you want to say about Alabama? <laughs> Hey, I, I think Alabama's got a good team, and I like that song, by the way. I like it a lot. Hey, appreciate that. Appreciate that. <laughs> we got young Johnny on the set here. We got Jermaine, Scott. Uh, any closing comments you'd like to make, Scott? Uh, I, no, I've, I've, enjoyed, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation today, as I do every week, Terrence. And uh, that's, that's pretty much it, man. I, 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 you, you, after a stressful recruiting work week, this is the highlight of my football week. So I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it every week, and I appreciate you having me on. All right. I appreciate you, Scott. And you, and you have a good night, man. We'll do this again next Sunday uh, at 8 o'clock this time, uh, uh, next, next Sunday instead of 6 o'clock. 
That sounds good. I, I, I'll holler at you guys in, and y'all have a good night. All right, you too. Right. And Jermaine, you have any closing comments? War Eagle. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, Young Janet, we're going to let Young Janet close out the show tonight. Any 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 last comment you'd like to make, hey, Young Janet? Roll Tide, man. Yeah, we number four, but we ain't tripping. Words from saving it ain't how you start, it's how you finish. Welcome to Alabama, the heart of Dixon. Hey, I ain't gonna get to you, I ain't gonna get to you. Hey, we here, man. Roll Tide. All right, y'all. Well, we're gonna wrap up another live by Terrence show with T Rex. Young Johnny has has come in and taken over the show. <laughs> <laughs> so therefore, we gotta close out the show with I'm so Alabama. We'll see y'all again next Sunday. We're gonna be at eight o'clock next week. Uh, next Sunday. Because we got DJ Paul from 3-6 Mafia, which is now the Mafia 6, and DJ Double O Key from Fox 105 in Columbus, Georgia. So that's why we're doing that start time. But after that, we'll be 6 p.m. after next Sunday. So peace out. God bless.
Alabama mama, Alabama crazy, Alabama daddy, Alabama 